0: Hello and welcome to Demo Tapes, I'm Rick Martin and this my co-host is Sarah Jane Kemp. Now if you're a loyal listener you'll know this is the bit where we normally talk about how we're going to be hitting rewind on the careers of a band or an artist that we love. Um, This week we're doing something a little bit different. Um,
1: We love different, we like mixing it up a bit.
0: So we are going to hit rewind but we're actually going to hit rewind on our own lives Um, And more, I suppose more accurately, our kind of lives in terms of loving music.
1: Yes, and this will explain a bit more about why we're doing the podcast in the first place. Having both grown up listening to lots and lots of different kinds of music and it being a very big part of our childhood, um, this is what we're going to talk about today and this is going to be quite funny I think <laughs> because I'm slightly embarrassed about what I used to get up to as a kid music music wise and I'm not sure if you are actually I think you've got some I thought, incredible ones You're I not... thought I
0: was embarrassed uh, and then I actually listened to some of the stuff we we're going to talk about later early and realised it's actually better than I better,
1: better, than than, remember. better than
0: I remember but yeah I think we've seen this as this is episode 8 now that we're on, we're on episode eight. Uh, the first seven episodes, you know, we've covered uh, the emergence of bands that were kind of really important to us, from Blur and Arctic Monkeys and Knee Rave and that sort of thing. And I think in those episodes, elements of kind of the musics and, and scenes and people that we kind of loved and kind of made us who we were, we've we've referenced and we have referenced some of our own lives in there, but we thought it'd be good at kind of this juncture to to kind of give a little bit more background as to who we are, you know, who, who we actually are, um, how we got into music, some of the albums and singles and, and kind of moments what in music. What
1: we used to dance and sing along to yeah, when we were little all, children. All that
0: sort of stuff too. So yeah, this we thought this was a good point to kind of, to kind of do that, to give a little bit more uh, kind of background on us, I guess, which then adds, we think, further context to some of the stories that we're telling uh, in the podcast.
1: Definitely. And also, it's we really want to kind of, Take a reflection back on what's actually happened in the last couple of months since we've been doing this. We've we've actually had five thousand listens, which I think going back two months ago we wouldn't have even dreamt that we'd have that, would we? At this stage, it's kind of all been a. Yesterday I was walking down the street and it all felt really surreal because I'm trying at the moment to get an interview with a band and I'm not going to mention who they are just in case it doesn't happen. But um, I think we're pretty close to doing it. And I was having a bit of a surreal moment walking down the street going. This is really odd you know I feel like I'm back to my bl- blagging days again and and actually we we set out to do something and we we're actually doing it and it's not that hard um I think you know what do you think Rick like I, I, th-
0: I think I think this this is what happens when pub conversations go too far you know when you have a pub conversation about uh, bands or scenes or kind of shared experiences you had and then you start talking about podcasts and it's this kind of conceptual thing that you think you could go and do and that you want to go and do but, you know, I, th- I think we, we'll both admit we, we could have done a couple of episodes and then gone, well, that's fine, yes, that's fine, it's done, done. you know, yeah. we're done. We've, we've put out the Arctic Monkeys interview that I, I thought was kind of buried forever or, you know, was, was living in a drawer in my house. Um, and, and now here we are kind of eight episodes down the line with kind of further stuff lined up.
1: And also, because we were chatting the other day, and and I think we thought, you know, we're going to do one series, which is twelve episodes, that will take us up to Christmas time. But I said, I don't even feel like I've started yet. I feel like we're just scratching the surface of something that we are, we're about to kind of launch into. And to me, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's really, it's really fun, and I'm, you know, I'm loving it more than I thought I would love it actually. But anyway, yeah. So we've introduced ourselves briefly, um, but this is kind of our time to talk to you about our uh, our music tastes and our music kind of lives up until the age of 10 this is what this episode is going to focus on so we're going to we're going to do a few different episodes not kind of linked closely to, to each other so they're not going to come maybe, one week after the no, other no no so maybe the next one we'll do for kind of to age 10 to 16 which we've got some again great stories during that kind of age bracket but that will come in a few episodes time we don't know when but when we feel, when we feel it's right it will come but we hope you kind of laugh along with us as well. I imagine people who are our age are going to identify with some of the artists and songs that we used to like when we were a kid. Maybe not some of mine, but I mm. <laughs> was a bit of an odd one, a bit of an odd ball as a kid.
0: And I think, yeah, um, maybe you'll rediscover some kind of old bands or songs or albums uh, that you listen to uh, if you're kind of a similar age to us. Or if you're uh, younger, maybe you'll discover some music you'd never heard before. Yep. So so that that's kind of, that's kind of the purpose of, of today, I think, too. Give background to exactly who we are and why we're doing this. And um, you know, if you're one of those five that's listen to us. Thanks, thanks for doing that. And um, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, obviously on iTunes. And also give us that five star rating and review, whatever. It really does help on on iTunes. But- and
1: chat to us on social media. we we're, we're, we're kind of we're not. We've not been great at doing that so far. We need to probably put a bit more time and effort into it. But we are there. Um at Demo Tapes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um Rick's been doing a lot of tweeting, actually. It was pretty good. I was doing some tweeting last week, actually. I had the be- before we kick into this, I had I listened to the best radio show I've ever heard in my entire life last week at Friday on Friday morning at my desk and I felt like I was in a nightclub. But you hung was getting- over going- there. Was no, I wasn't even no, I wasn't even hungover. This is the thing, this is why it was so good, so brilliant. I felt like I was having heart pals at my desk because it was Wrighton and carlo and they were doing a set with on the lauren laverne six music show and it was a live set and they were playing live from tobacco dock and what they did is they they played one of their songs and then they mixed in an old dance song and then they mixed in one of their songs and mixed in an old dance song and they had basement jacks And then one of my favourites, literally at the point this got mixed in, I thought I was going to jump through the roof. (laughs) Everyone around me must have been thinking, what the hell's going on? What's she listening to? But they mixed in Paul Johnson, Get Get Down. And I don't know if anyone remembers that song, but that's definitely going to feature in an episode at some point. I can't remember. I was probably about 14 or 15 when that song came out. And we used to listen to it on the school bus on the way home and just everyone used to go mental. I couldn't believe that this guy... I was mixing in that song, and I was sat at my desk at eleven o'clock in the morning, feeling like I shouldn't have been at work. Mm, <laughs> but anyway, mm. I'm, you know, that's that's something we've been doing in the last week. But my point was on that was, um, I started a conversation up with him on social media afterwards, and uh, it was quite a funny conversation. So, if you if you want to go and check it out, head. Who knows? To you Demo may Tent. well crop
0: up in a future episode. I hope so. If Ryton's listening, yeah, we want to get you on. But anyway, I think this is probably a good point to kind of kick into the, the main bit of this episode and some some rules, I think, we're going to kind of set into place. We're obviously going to do a bit of intro on kind of ourselves, where we're born, where we're from, all that sort of stuff. But then there's going to be some quite key sections. So our first musical memories, uh, our first single first album we will be honest about this as well this isn't where we're going to pretend that it was you know blur's debut album or whatever uh, and then kind of the music moment that that changed um changed our lives um so i'm going to nominate you sarah to kind of go first i guess what i know of you is born in nottingham i think born not not the same year as me i think but around that 86. time 86 so well, mid 80s i'm 86 as well you're so born the same right. year okay. but that's kind of as much as i know so come on
1: that's funny, isn't it? Yeah, you, you kind of know someone for a while, but you don't really know much about their past. So I was born in Nottingham to two wonderful parents. Shout out to uh, Paul Kemp and Babs. Uh, she's gonna love me for that. Um, her her name her real name is Barbara, but she changed to Stephanie because she doesn't like Barbara. <laughs> right. If you know my mum at all, you'll understand that. That will make complete sense to you. But uh, if you don't, you know, you're just gonna have to roll with it. Um, and I also have a brother uh, who's five years older than me and. He's called Matt. Hey Matt. Uh, Matt's an avid listener of the podcast and he absolutely loves it and he's very, very supportive of this so uh, it's really nice. Um, I I guess my musical influence came from all three of them to be honest. Um, my dad was a bit, my dad played the saxophone so I played the saxophone as a kid. I had piano lessons so I p- played the piano and saxophone. My dad sings and still to this day sings and plays saxophone in a band so he kind of wanted me to be a bit of a mini me and, and I sing and I don't play the saxophone anymore, which I'm really gutted about. It was a choice between that You can't netball. sing and play sax at the same you time. Can't play, you? Well, no, but he sings and then plays the saxophone in the in the little I don't I can't remember what songs he plays anyway. Um Baker My Mum Yes, actually. Good guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baker Street. I love it. No, actually, um average white band Pick Up the Pieces. and um, that was a real kind of um, that's a real massive memory of my household as a kid where my dad's um, playing pick up the pieces like kind of all the time in the in the living room and me dancing around cra- like a crazy girl um, but yeah so that's kind of influenced from his side my mum's side, my mum was a party girl and she used to love house music so 90s at the time kind of towards the late 80s early 90s there was a lot of, I, I still love it actually like amazing 90s dance music and she used to play that in the car and she used to go out she used to go out with my brother when he was 18 and you know it was it was all it was quite cool actually i guess um, and then my brother was into all sorts of things like um coolio <laughs> <laughs> we to this day it's really funny actually literally this time last week on a friday night i was in the car with my boyfriend and i got i can't remember what song it was but i got a rap lyric so incredibly wrong and i was really embarrassed and it sparked off a memory of me and my brother sat in his bedroom with his cassette player coolio gangster's paradise and the line that goes what's going on in the kitchen but i don't know what's cooking so so i say it's cooking and my brother to this day thinks it's tripping so we've had this argument for 20 odd years now and he still maintains and by the way google wasn't around back then so you couldn't just google a lyric so we kind of kept this going, and the other day I googled the lyric, and of course it's cooking, and I was right, and he st- I sent in the screenshot, and he still, <laughs> he still says it's tripping. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of yeah, but that was that was really funny. He also liked bands like Metallica and Nirvana, and it was very MTV era. So, kind of anything that was going on then he liked. So I got my quite a broad, varied kind of music taste from those three different key people in my life um, but yeah how, how about you?
0: Uh, so yeah I'm from Manchester. Uh, Rick not, Martin
1: from Manchester. I'm not one of those <laughs> that was born
0: in like one of the, the kind of towns or villages outside proper central kind of grew up in kind of north central uh, Manchester one of five brothers I'm the eldest wow. of those, those five and I think a little bit like you music taste probably early on was influenced by my parents so um, you know, I still remember my dad's stack of CDs in the living room. It was probably around the CD time a few Vinyl records, you know, Beatles, Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Joy Division. Who I used to misread as Joy Davidson. I thought that was probably like some jo- jazz feel, musician or something.
1: <laughs> I feel like there's probably been a Joy Davidson tribute. <laughs> <or> I <something>. yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I thought it was some woman who played jazz, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, New Order, mm. uh, Lightning Seeds, all, all all that kind of oh, stuff. Brilliant. And yeah, I used to. I suppose that's where my kind of music, um, yeah, my kind of love of music came from. Um, In terms of kind of, you know, my backstory, and I'm not going to do the whole This Is Your Life bit, I have cheated a little bit on kind of recapping, you know, trying to remember back who I was, and I'm surprised in this recording you haven't noticed that I've actually brought a prop in. Do
1: you know what? I did notice you have got, so Rick's got a folder, you can probably hear it shuffling around. Rick's got a folder.
0: So I've actually brought in my autobiography.
1: Oh my God!
0: So I, as a precocious 11-year-old, admittedly, was a school project. We're
1: going to put this... In fact, I'm going to take a picture right now of Rick Martin with his autobiography. And this is going to go on Instagram. So if anyone wants to see it, they can... (laughs) So as
0: a, as a precocious eleven-year-old, uh, I think I was 11, you really twelve.
1: really not changed, have you?
0: I wrote. alright, now, it was given as one of those school projects that I think they expected you to maybe do like <laughs> one side of writing. I really went to town. So there's, I think, how many chapters in here?
1: Oh, there's like about twenty pages of A4 uh, paper, and that chapter... all handwritten and got photos on them. So what
0: have I done? How many chapters? So there did are... you use
1: like this as your life? Was that a thing? In your there's, household. There's,
0: there's 12, chapters, there's 12 in this.
1: chapters. How long did this take you?
0: Oh, this is probably a month. A month well, I, was, I was probably going to read a few bits So out. this was
1: a school project. To
0: so, write your own autobiography. Yeah.
1: You're, there's a picture of Rick as a little baby. Sorry, Richard Martin, not Rick. Before I was born, my mum had to go for regular ultrasound scans as I was possibly going to be small... For dates. For dates.
0: I don't think I wrote a lot of this myself. Which to be meant honest. that
1: my weight at birth could be lower than normal. Luckily, it was a false alarm. <laughs> <laughs> so this—that's that's chapter one. I mean, do you want to? Re- I'm just stealing your thunder here. Here we go. You've—you've you've obviously read through this. I'm just excited. Well, I, to see I had—I had a brief complete, read through this right, Everyone, last night. I had no idea that Rick was going to bring this in. So this is this is a complete and utter surprise. So for me. chapter
0: three, primary school. <laughs> During my time in the Infants, I learned to read well, so when I joined the junior classes, I could almost read anything. In Year 1, my best current friend in Manchester, Adam Gamble, joined Cravenwood. He had a little brother called Christopher, who was a year younger than him. They were also great followers of Manchester City Football Club. Towards the end of Year 1, we had a new headmistress, Mrs. James, who replaced Mr. Mister. Deering, And this just a goes new, on and on.
1: But how old were you when you wrote this? Because this really does seem like your writing skills were quite advanced for a child. For 11, no, 12 probably, yeah. No wonder, probably, you, no wonder you became a journalist.
0: I mean, it's some of this quite is quite definitely fun. came from my parents, because I'm reading through. And but the, they
1: didn't the, dictate it to you, because this is your handwriting, right? I hope so, anyway. Well, it is
0: my handwriting, yeah. Um, so for the future bit, I've put, at the moment, I don't have any future plans. Except that I realise I've got to work hard at school to enable me to gain qualifications for jobs I would like to do. To
1: enable me to gain qualifications. I mean, that is a sentence you don't hear an eleven-year-old saying, right?
0: I.e., so that I can do something I really want to do instead of having to opt for a job just to earn money. I mean, look what happened to that. <laughs>
1: oh <my God. laughs> don't, you don't you don't want to say that? You don't want to say that on the podcast, Rick?
0: <laughs> I mean, that didn't happen. I went and did. Happen. I went and did something you I love. You are
1: in a job that you. I'm going to read
0: door. one more bit out yeah. because I think this, this this kind of sums up this whole book. So, um, recent events are the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. The time my dad's friend, Son Lee, was sharing my room whilst on holiday at our house. That's a whole other story. (laughs) He told me of the news as I woke up. He was watching his pocket TV. At first, I didn't believe him, but when I saw the screen, I was shocked. This all happened early on Sunday morning, 31st of August, 1997.
1: This is where this is where Rain Man Rick comes in.
0: Exactly. All about the facts.
1: All about the facts. So I I remember where I was when that happened as well and um my best another best friend I think it was anyway a friend was around at my house and I was cleaning my teeth in the bathroom. Isn't it weird how those kind of key moments in your life you key cultural moments you don't forget where you were
0: well I didn't allow myself to forget it because you didn't allow autobiogra- yourself to forget Is in, in, in your
1: autobiography so we, right. may, we may
0: return to that in in future episodes I hope we, I,
1: I'm hope I gonna read can you photocopy it for me because I want to I want to take that home for bedtime reading so I can absolutely rinse you this, 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 this <laughs> is guess. like
0: this is like a rip-off of my dad wrote a porno except it's not it's that I just wrote my own life as an 11 year old
1: uh, can we just do another one now can you start can you, can you do it again? I want you to do another autobiography now you're 32. Yeah, well, maybe this podcast is your autobiography.
0: It's <laughs> autobiography. So I think we've digressed quite massively there. Uh, so, we, uh, should we get into kind of the. We had some rules set out for this in terms of what we wanted to do. So, should we kind of kick into the. Yeah, well, stuff just, that we're just going to tell
1: me what your first single was.
0: Uh, so, my first single was Do the Bartman <laughs> by Bart Simpson. Um, I don't out. know if
1: that's embarrassing or not.
0: It's actually a pretty good record. Um, I can't
1: remember, what's it go like?
0: So it came out, should we have a listen? Yeah, let's have a listen. What I will say at this point is that although we can listen to the songs, uh, which we're going to do on headphones, uh, we can't actually play it out on the podcast without a license. Uh, We are scared of the kind of big bad wolf coming after us to sue us for not paying for the correct license. So uh, yeah, for the purpose of this pod, you'll hear us commentating on listening to the songs rather than uh, playing them out, unfortunately.
1: It's quite slow. Do you know what? It sounds a bit like "Late of the Pier." <laughs>
0: yeah, there is a late. It the sounds th-
1: like bathroom gurgle, "Late at the Pier." Yes,
0: yes, it very much does. Yeah.
1: I don't think I've ever heard this song before.
0: So this this was uh, the, the interesting thing for me when this came out <laughs> is that I hadn't seen The Simpsons because Simpsons was on Sky and we didn't have Sky oh. TV. So I was four when this came out. Just the first thing I had it on seven inch vinyl. And, uh, I think I've just become aware of The Simpsons through kind of general culture
1: It is so eighties this is excellent, quite funky, really funky, like funky eighties synth pop,
0: but here's something you might not know about this. this was actually it's been it's turned out this was written and produced by quite a famous pop star. Go on, have a guess who, who would you suggest was was influenced by
1: uh Prince. Michael Jackson.
0: Second, yeah. Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. No
1: way. Produced by him.
0: He, he appears on it as well. Does he? He, he sings backing vocals on it.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Obviously,
0: he's not singing this bit.
1: No, this doesn't sound like Michael Jackson. Well, maybe it does. Well, let it
0: get to the chorus, and then, you, then you'll hear the bit where Michael Jackson comes in. Can
1: we not just skip it? All right, okay, also, Alison, Alison. So basically, what's happening now is Bart is rapping about, hang on. Did you know Bart Simpson is actually a woman?
0: Yeah, Nancy Cartwright. That, sounds that like does Michael not Jackson. sound
1: like Michael Jackson.
0: It probably just changed the pitch.
1: Wow, well I'm impressed. My my, I can't. You heard make, enough of that. I've heard enough of that. Let's listen to mine. So mine <laughs> was um, Erasure Always, um, and I don't even know why I liked this song, um, but I did, and I remember sitting in the back of my car. Not my car, obviously, because I was too young to drive. I was only about four or five, because I was at my very first school in Nottingham, and um, I sat in the back of the car with my headphones on, and they. Were, I remember my headphones They were very kind of eighties, with like green foam on mm. the on them. I used to put them around my ears and just sit in the back and stare out the window. And it was very kind of. If I remember rightly, I used to stare out the window and think, and I'm very, I'm quite a very, I'm a thoughtful person. I think a lot. I think that's my kind of my first foray into thinking and staring at Any Anytime I get in a car now, I'll just kind of, I use it as my time to reflect and think. And mm. I must have been done that from a very early child. But there's a very funny story about this. So when I got to school, I was singing it. And we were in a, um, a playground. And the playground had um, a gravestone in it. And we found it. And it was quite, you know weird for us to find at age four a, a gravestone in a playground it kind of been hidden I, I think our school was must have been i don't know i think the caretakers must have lived there or something um and anyway on the gravestone it said rip which obviously means rest in peace so i used to sit in the car and you thinking out the window to Eurasia, and i used to be thinking about this poor dog called Rip that had died hmm. Rip <laughs> so I was a four year old and I remember going back home and telling my mum I was like mum mum and her friend Kerry at the time mum I found we found a graveyard today and I'm really sad because this dog called, dog died and his name was Rip and they just both burst into laughter and they've never let me forget it they were like Rip it doesn't mean that it means so what's this got peace. to do with erasure so I used to sit listening this is how kind of emotional I was as a four year old I used to sit looking out the window, listening to Erasure always, because it's quite a, a slow, dreamy song. Well, let's put it on. Let's put it on. I actually listened to it yesterday again, actually, knowing that we were going to do this episode, and I, I still really like it. I would, I would, I would listen to it again. Um, I think
0: my parents went to see Erasure back in the day.
1: I don't really like any of the other stuff, which is weird. But this song, it just kind of did. You know, it's very just a lovely song. But yeah, I used to sit out the window looking. Uh, the world go by, thinking of this poor little dog called Rip, whilst listening to Always by Erasure. <laughs> I mean,
0: you said do the Bartman was very eighties. This this is quintessentially
1: eighties. So I put this on Spotify and did the radio function yesterday, and I was getting all sorts of eighties gem, gems. Um, but yeah, no, he's, I don't really even think he can sing very well. So when he goes, this bit when it's cold outside. Is it Andy I'm Bell the here, singer? In, I don't know. You won't know,
0: will you? God, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a guy called Andy Bell in Erasure. I don't know which one he is, whether he's the keyboard guy or the singer.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Oh, you should know this. So there'll be no shame. And now this bit where the little drum bit kicks in just before... Oh, this is brilliant. If, if I'd urge you to listen to this song, both of our songs as we're talking along, and if you haven't heard of it, please let us know what you think. Um, Is this embarrassing or not? I don't know.
0: I've probably heard enough of that now
1: Yeah, anyway, let's, let's change it So, um, yeah, that first single What was your first album then?
0: Um, so I was listening to this, this morning uh, This this what I'm about to come on to And I had quite an embar- I used to think this was quite an embarrassing album to have been into at the time Given, I think, I think they're one of those names That you maybe would vaguely have heard of Most people who've been to a sporting event in the last 20 years Will probably have heard one of the songs played at it It was um, Two Unlimited's 1993
1: classic <laughs> No Limits <laughs> Oh my god Oh, brilliant. I, I think I had that as well, actually. Um, my favourite bit from that, I, saw, I can't remember what song it is, where it goes, te-no, 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 so techno, techno, that's, techno, techno. So that's,
0: that's No Limits. That's the song they're known for, right? Yeah. But I went. I actually did listen to the whole album this morning uh, when I was commuting How was that, it.
1: on your commute? And
0: um, I tell you what, there's a lot of new raving. Or, new Rave clearly nits a lot of ideas from Team yeah. Limited. Some of it's actually a lot better than you would expect. I mean, obviously, No Limit is a, it's a novelty record that's been... They probably live off the royalties of that to being played as, as lower league football teams run out at the start of you know the game. I'm you know, I'd liken
1: that to the Wenger boys.
0: I think it's more credible than the Wenger boys. Oh, you know, I'm
1: not sure. I'm pondering this one. I'm actually thinking about this. You might be right, but I definitely put them in the same category, Soz.
0: But no, I, I I may well go back and listen to this again. I think this is this is more credible.
1: I than, would listen uh, to it, definitely. It's very school disco era. And this, what that's, school disco era is for the next... Podcast between ten to sixteen because that's when all 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 these kind of songs started coming into play at school discos when everyone. But you
0: know, in my in my defence, I was uh, if this came out in ninety three, I'd have been seven. So I think as a first album for a seven year old, Um, that's 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 not too bad.
1: Well, mine was take that. So that just probably doesn't surprise anybody. Um, One of the the kind of most memorable bits of music for me. Is, I used to watch Nickelodeon, so I did. I was lucky. I did have Sky, so I used to watch all of these programs. Well, um, you're more
0: middle class. My
1: you? favourite, my favourite TV program was The Monkeys. So what I didn't realise, I didn't connect the fact that I was watching a program that was made twenty or thirty years ago. So that's even the sixties. That's yes, a sixties 60s 60s kids 60s program. Kids programme. It was my favourite program. And it was not just the music that I liked. It was like, I really loved the look and the style. And I had a massive crush on Davy Jones. And I've got a vivid memory. (laughs) I've got a vivid memory of being six years old and going up to my brother and the monkeys were on TV. And I went, Matt, I love Davy Jones. And this was a really important life lesson for me because he was going... No, Sarah, you don't love him, you fancy him. There's a difference between love and fancy. And that at that point I I learnt the difference between love and fancy. And I still maintained that I loved him. But it was funny because actually then which the, the reason I'm telling you about this as well is because when Take That kinda came out, um I went and my mum surprised me with concert tickets to see them when I was six as well and my mm. favourite was Mark Owen and I, w- I got there and she she picked me up from the school bus and went darling we're going to Birmingham now we're going to see Take That and as a six year old child who was kind of obsessed with Take That can you imagine how I felt and we got there and she bought me a Mark Owen t-shirt so I was sat, sat there with my t-shirt on Mark Owen's face on my chest a bit weird maybe but when you're six years old but anyway um, so then they we were sat kind of in the middle of the floor and at that at that concert had a stage that came down It was a circular stage and it happened to be just above where we were standing. Um, so I got on my mum's shoulders and they came down and they were doing I want to hold your hand by the Beatles actually and um I was there and I was waving my like waving like mad kind of like trying to get their attention and all of a sudden Marco and came round to the front and saw me and gave me a little wave and it was one of the most amazing memories um and then I remember as well Robbie came round and waved at me and I remember thinking oh I don't care about it
0: it was like I remember so whenever you saw footage obviously I never went to see take that but when you saw footage of those gigs it was like Beatlemania in the '60s, wasn't it? Where oh it's just yeah. a wall of screams. Yeah, right?
1: it was. It was absolutely. And because I've been to see Take That quite a few times if, if throughout their whole kind of career um, with my mum <laughs> all, mm. all I've been to see Take That mum
0: as well so. Take That well it's but one much, of those things like it's on. a
1: multi-generational band like they they, they were all very of the time to be honest I don't really like them anymore I wouldn't go and see them again um, there's not enough of them left for, is there? there's only about two of them left now <laughs> yeah there's not many of them left I don't think they'll really take that anymore but um, yeah you're right it was very tribal and um, it was almost all, all of the boy bands around that time and even the Spice Girls so I went to see. I've been seeing the Spice Girls loads of times. I actually met them. I won a competition to meet them backstage, but that's for another pod because that's actually a bit older than, a bit older than ten. I'm digressing I, I, massively. I, I did have a
0: question about take that before we move on from Go that on. though. So the day they split up, that, that probably that wouldn't have been when you were in this age bracket. But I'm going to ask you anyway in case this doesn't come up on a future pod. They set up a hotline. For distressed fans to ring up for <laughs> counselling or whatever, did you ring that hotline?
1: No, definitely not. I'm a bit more uh, together than that. I realise. I realised that it was just a band and things. All it can't go on forever. Um, and there was probably something out another band that I was mad about by that point. So I didn't. I don't think I even so really cared. You didn't it that even much.
0: cry the day that it happened. No, I'm
1: not like that. I mean, like, there was a there's a girl at work actually who was telling me yesterday that I think she probably did. She said she was absolutely obsessed. She had everything. Um, she said she she bumped into a she had a watch take that watch and she bumped and she sm- smashed the screen by bumping her arm into something and she cried and I was like oh brilliant so she probably she probably did but I'll ask her when we get back but um, yeah so uh, uh, another one another really weird one for me is my dad had the War of the Worlds soundtrack on vinyl mm. and I don't know if you've heard that you must what, have heard it's one it. of those
0: I'm sure I've heard but
1: dun, I do, 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 do. And it was really creepy. And I used to put it on. <laughs> I used to put it on. I used to put on the record player and like make up dances. And like, I was odd. I used to dance around the house to it. What do you mean, what? Okay, well, maybe I am still a little bit strange, but I, don't, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't put War of the Worlds on a vinyl and dance around my house, no.
0: Unless it had been a particularly heavy night. <laughs>
1: four o'clock in the morning. Everyone, listen. Do you know what, though? I saw an advert on TV. They're doing a War of the Worlds live soon and I'm really considering going along to it because I think I'd love it. Um, Another one, um, when I was really young at school, again, my first school, we did a dance to Billy Ocean When the Going Gets Tough. Now, that was a good song. And we we had to choreograph a dance for it.
0: Wasn't that covered by... uh... Boy Zone? Someone like that? Yeah, something on. like that, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel like wasn't either good though. Ronan for comic relief. Or, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah so they were messing around. Yeah, so, but know, it wasn't very good. wasn't, wasn't serious no, or anything like that. No. no,
1: And another another one thing, just before I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to ask you about yours, but there was a, I, I told my brother we are doing this episode, and he said, you have to tell everyone about... What you said to his his best friend's dad when I was a kid. So his best friend's dad, like, came from quite a posh family, quite a posh, well-to-do family. So we were, used to go around to his house, and we were there to pick my brother up. He's, after he'd been having playtime with his friend, um, and we got there and. His dad was sat in the dining room and sat at the table, kind of having a drink or eating something. And I just like bounded in there and started singing. Do you remember the song "Take Me Dancing, Naked in the Rain"? And I can't remember who it's by. I started singing to my friend's dad, my brother's friend's dad, "Take Me Dancing, Naked in the Park." <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, they were
0: different. Times, I remember so.
1: my mum was dying because she was like Sarah stop it and the more she said stop it the more I did it I have no idea what I was saying to this guy and this guy was kind of like oh control your child (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he sounds like the sort of disapproving older bloke that would appear in a Spice Girls video as they barrel past you know?
1: yeah pretty much yeah that's a really good <laughs> isn't, analogy isn't that, isn't that
0: in wannabe where <laughs> yeah, is, the, yeah. you know they annoy some old annoy
1: bloke some, oh, yeah that is exactly it that was me as a I, I don't know say I was five or six girl um, singing take me dancing naked, take me dancing naked in the park um, yeah anyway so that, that that's me. What other memories do you have? I mean, I'm sure you got plenty. So we're going to
0: talk about the music moment that changed our lives. I think will probably be the the kind of the final kind of element of this this podcast we're going to talk about. And for me, it was getting what's the story morning glory um on tape. So the first Oasis album, I got. Obviously, definitely maybe is their debut album, but what's the story morning glory, I remember getting Christmas uh 1995 it would have been. So it would have been uh Nine years old, and I think up to that point, I'd been one of those. Yeah, I'd been into music, I'd bought Do the Bartman, you know, I'd listened to Two Unlimited. uh, (laughs) I think we had quite a lot of the like the now CDs and now tapes. I should say CDs, CDs were to come later. This was now tapes. I remember going on holiday to I think it was Spain in about 92, sometime like that, and we had a mix like one of those now sort of tapes. Mm -hmm. The only track I like listening to was the WrestleMania song, it was like a WWE. Wrestle, it was called WrestleMania, and I think it was just the wrestlers <laughs> singing. It was quite a catchy tune. Oh, WrestleMania! <laughs> fighting How to serve did that
1: ear I... get away with doing such awful music?
0: But I think, I think the point where I got um, what's the story, Morning Glory, I think is probably the point where I, my music taste started becoming properly credible. I mean, obviously the
1: when you're nine years old, I don't have the same story, unfortunately.
0: And I just became obsessed. And I, I was thinking about this on the way, in, uh you know, on the way into work this morning is. Obviously, Man um, Oasis, Nolan, Liam are Man City fans. I kind of got into football around the same time. I'm going to save that for another podcast. I'm not even going to bother trying to mention football in front of Sarah. But no, don't I tried. Do it. I tried to remember. Was it was it Oasis that got me into City? Though it couldn't have been that, because my dad was a City fan. But was was it the fact that Oasis are City fans the reason I noticed them? Or was it the other way around? So I'm, I'm not actually sure whether the reason I got into Oasis was because there was some quite iconic photos of Nolan and Liam wearing city shirts and they used to appear at city games and obviously they played at Main Road. So there's that real kind of close link. But I guess for me at the time, the two were kind of really closely linked. And I just remember listening to uh, What's the Story Morning Glory? I mean, obsessively. I mean, every day I would put that, that tape on, you know, and this wasn't the days of CDs where you could skip tracks. So you'd have to wait. A couple of songs for Wonderwall. And you have to wait a couple yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah, for yeah. for Roll with It. You know, and, and don't look back. It don't look back in anger. And you know, I
1: had to listen to the whole album back in those days, didn't you? You didn't have a choice. And and
0: I, I remember a comment uh, from I think it was my dad a while, but you know, probably probably when I was a little bit older than this. But it always stuck in my mind to say. I think I was into. This was my kind of. I guess American rock kind of phase, being into Queens of the Stone Age, At the Drive-In when I was a bit older, and I'll come on to that in a future episode. He used to say to me, "We well, do realise you're not going to be into the same music when you're older, you know. This is just while you're kind of, you know, 13, 14." And I look back on getting What's the Story Morning Glory. I still feel the same way now as as I did then. Listening to it, to me, it's it's kind of timeless music, and it and it really does take me back to. Mm. You know, lying on my bedroom floor uh, with headphones into a rickety old kind of tape player. Actually, we got a better tape player because we one got burgled. We got burgled once, and one of the things they took was my. Uh, I think I called it a ghetto blaster at the time. I, 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 I don't think that's, that's now culturally so, appropriate. So and uh, oh, yeah. one of the things we got out of the um, insurance money because we claimed for a lot of frozen stolen uh, frozen food. You what? The burglars stole frozen food. So what? Mom I don't said, know what
1: wor- Hang on. I don't know what was worse. The burglars stealing frozen food. Are you claiming for the frozen food that they stole?
0: Well, we lived in Manchester. Wow. Towns were hard. Oh but here's here's the best bit. So the money that we totted up that, that they'd probably stolen in terms of frozen food, so going back into old money, what this must have been, two pounds or something, yeah. we then put into the pot for when we got the insurance money back. It all went on getting me a slightly better ghetto blaster. Oh, that's But I used to listen sweet. to that day, you know, day in, day out. It was either Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory, or it was uh, the local radio station listening to Man City matches. They were kind of the only oh, okay. two things I would use. Would use that for, and yeah, um, you know, Oasis are still one of my favourite bands. Uh, we'll
1: be doing a pod on this at some point. I'm o- Oasis sure Oasis will be coming up. I coming think, up in I think well, it'll be coming up in the future. I think we want to wait as long as possible to see if we can get something really good for it. Because it, I think you know, if this is if this means so much to you, it would be great if we could get someone. We might not ever get Liam or Noel, but we might be able to get somebody that is close to the band. Um, yeah. Watch this I, space. Yeah. Watch well, this It would be, be really good to do. I'd rather do that than kind of just you talking about the, your love for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that that can come later. I, I guess. I mean, by the sounds of it, you've got plenty of kind of memorable musical moments that that change your life in in the nineteen nineties. I've got one in mind for you that you've mentioned maybe to me before. But let's see if you mention it.
1: Oh yeah, maybe. I would. Do you know what? Though? I don't think I started as quite as young as you in terms of like serious music and, and albums and things like that so for the purpose of this one I'll probably just mention a few different things um, and then kind of give a bit of context as to why they made my life and like how it really changed something might not be the kind of music I listen to but definitely had an effect in other ways anyway so I think I talked about my mum's music taste so she re- used to like kind of Deep Forest and Enigma and things like that quite varied and I still listen to Deep, the Deep Forest album now the, today and I absolutely love it it takes me back and at just kind of what you were saying about that i mean i don't know if this is an embarrassing one or not but um so deep forest the one i can't actually find it on spotify i have to actually go to youtube and play um like a ripped version that they've done on youtube but um that was one, but I guess I think I know what you think I'm going to say, and it has something to do with live and kicking. Is that right? Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> so. and, and, a, and a certain Australian, certain uh, so uh, Australian
1: pop star of the time. Yeah. So come who on. He was wearing double denim, like very baggy double denim. I think he had some sort of dro- trying to get some like plat dreadlocks going on his hair. Anyway, so I used to watch Live and Kicking every single weekend. As all kids did in the 90s, yeah. As all kids did. It was like never off the TV, I just used to sit there and watch it. Well, it was
0: off the TV, Monday to 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 Friday to to, Sunday. Yeah, but you
1: know what I mean. And never off the TV in our house when it was on. Right. Um, And one, they used to do phone-ins. So this is what, it changed my life in the sense that I I called up and spoke to Peter Andre, and we have the clip. (laughs) The reason I have the clip is because somebody the caller after me called up and asked you know the, you go through a vetting process so you, you tell the producer what question you want to ask them and they go oh yeah we'll give you a call back if, you, if, if, if you're if you successful they obviously called this guy back and he told them a lie of what question he was going to ask them it's quite
0: famous this isn't but it's,
1: it yes pretty famous but the question that he really asked was why are you such a commercial pop I think I don't know whether he says bore or whore, but he definitely says something Probably like that. Probably the latter. Probably, yeah. And then Zoe Ball goes, "Oh crikey!" and like they cut him off quickly, so he doesn't say anything else. But. Before he was on, I was on. <laughs> Me, little six-year-old Sarah Kemp, and I vividly remember getting the chair, a kitchen chair, from the table in the kitchen and putting it right in the middle of the kitchen floor. Because the TV was about, I don't know, like ten inches by two, tiny TV, mm. sat in the corner, and I pulled the phone string as far as I could, so I was sat in front of the TV, and I was watching Peter Andre as I was speaking to him. And I was going, "Hi!" And I had a very Nottingham accent at this. Age.
0: That's what I would say when when you listen to this clip, you realise it's great. I don't really Midlands. know
1: at what point that left me. Um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think I had speech and drama lessons at school, actually. Um, this was the second school I went to. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, there's me going, Hi, I'm Sarah. And I was so excited and so excitable that you can see Zoe and Peter Andre like literally jump out their seats, being like, oh, my God, she's excited, isn't she? She's loud. Um, but the reason it kind of changed things, because I got a bit of a taste for... Um, for actually, you know... Showing off. Well, not showing off, but actually being part of something rather than just an observer. I wanted... And I think this is where I've started thinking, oh, I'd love to kind of get a bit closer to these kind of, these pop stars or, you know, what way can I do it? And that's where I think the music journalism came from and the music uh, idea of wanting to be a music journalist or kind of close closer to the you know where this all came from I think that's where it stemmed so from so the
0: demo tapes was basically born when when this clip when this clip happened yeah so so we will play it out I guess what we're going to say here is that you know you may have noticed that earlier on the podcast we haven't played the songs we are uh quite copyright conscious I guess but in this case we're, we're basically saying to the BBC if you really want to come after us for playing out a, t- a 10 second clip of Sarah. In fact, well, it's put, on
1: YouTube? So you,
0: you should own the copyright of your own voice as well. I yeah, would say. Yeah. So so we're we we're, we're going to take the risk on this one that we're not going to have the mighty of the BBC coming after us. But yeah, um, here we go. Let's let's play it out. Who's online too.
1: Hi, there, it's Sarah. Hello. Hello, Sarah. You sound very excited. Obviously, excited so it's Jamie. You're three to Peter. To What's your question? When you first decided to be a pop star, how did you go about it?
0: Um, well, because I, I was always singing from when I was about, from a very very early age. I always wanted to sing and stuff, so I just kind of kept entering talent competitions until one day I got my break and I went on national TV and got for of a recording deal. So all dreams do come true, you know, when you least expect them. There
1: you go. So top tips. Thanks very much, of course. Bye. She's very lively. I like. Bye bye. To... She was lovely. Uh-huh
0: i think this was the birth of your music journalism career to be honest i mean that is that's quite a broad question isn't it when you decided to become a pop, let's break this down a little bit when you decided to become a pop star as if peter andre one day woke up and went i'm gonna become a pop star so it's, it's assuming that there was that, that kind of one crystallised moment rather than kind of a journey that, that people go on to becoming a pop star, so a popular music star. Uh, yeah. How did you go about it? I mean, in the sense of... So that literally that moment that you woke up, you went, right, so I'm going to need a team of songwriters, I'm going to need to uh, have my hair cut, I'm certainly not going to wear this shirt because I'm, you know, I'm just going to be shirtless in the videos. I mean, what answer were you actually expecting from Peter well, Andre? I wanted him question? to
1: tell me how to get into the music industry because I wanted to be a singer. So I wanted him to go, basically, as a six-year-old, you don't really understand that that question is so broad and you're not really going to get a good answer. I actually can't remember even what he answered as a, as a, as a result, but I remember thinking, oh, that wasn't very exciting. That, wasn't, that doesn't help me at all. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> Great use you've been. Um, so I remember putting the phone down and being like, well, I'm no closer, am I? <laughs> Um, so, but, uh, I mean, I wanted to be a pop star. And I wanted him to tell me how to be a pop star. I mean, that's what I rang up for. And he left me Peter, if you're listening, can you please answer your questions better? <laughs> yeah,
0: can, can we get an answer to this question? Can we get an answer? When you decide, how
1: did you go about it? <laughs> when you decide
0: to become a pop star, how do you go about it? In fact, I think from now on, whenever we do a demo tapes interview with an artist, where we hit rewind on their career, back to their breakout <laughs> moments, the first question of the interview should be, when you decided to <laughs> become a pop star, how did you go about <laughs> it? Because basically, that would cover the whole interview. You yeah, don't need to ask it? any other questions because no. that's essentially all we want to know, isn't so
1: it? D- so, if you're critiquing my six-year-old self um, as a as my first friend to music journalism, well, how do you think I did?
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that was a that was a strong start. Strong to be start. honest.
1: Yeah. See, that's why, and, and it's, it seems like quite an odd moment to change your life, but I do think that that was the first moment where. I was starting to think more in that sense of kind of really wanting to understand the music industry and really understand what makes people tick and how it all works so yeah there we go
0: certainly the next episode that we do like this probably the kind of 10 to 16 I think you said would be the next period or maybe even 10 to 13 is probably the point where my the first cogs in my head were turn I don't think at this point I wanted to be said so I want to be a footballer. In fact, reading back through my uh, autobiography,
1: had <laughs> you put you're a footballer?
0: I actually put that I wanted to be a, a footballer. So I, I might I might return to this just to close off the episode. This is what I said: if I could choose the ideal job, I'd be a professional footballer, but would still aim to attain a handful of qualifications to fall back on. Well, thank oh. goodness that I did.
1: Wow. Well, that was fun. <laughs> I loved talking about that it's really nice to reminisce um, and I'd quite like to hear your first single your first album and your first memory and the music memory that changed your life really so if you want to get in touch with us um, we can shout you out on the podcast uh, and, and another episode um, we can, you can contact us on demotapespod at gmail.com or uh, the social channels earlier that we talked about as well
0: so yeah, normal service will be resumed next week. We will be uh, hitting rewind on the career of a of a band or artist uh, for the next, I guess, the next kind of uh, run of episodes. And if this if this is the first time you've um, you've you've listened to us, if it is, you probably think we're quite self centered. Then do go back through the archive, listen to the episodes we've done on Arctic Monkeys, Azealia Banks, Libertines, uh, Blur. We've got an interview with Dave Rowntree a couple of episodes ago, so that we've got that. To listen to too um, and I guess the other thing to say is yeah we mentioned at the top of the episode but we will do a little reminder here of giving us a five star review on iTunes and, and subscribing and, and following us on, on the social channels yeah it re- really does help
1: cool alright well um, let's, let's leave it at that and thanks again for listening guys and we'll see you next time
0: yep see you next week